0: Okay. (laughs) I have to say that this podcast today is going to be quite unique and different. And the reason why is pretty much every single podcast, John and I disagree on things, but I think we finally found something that we agree on. So there won't be as much arguing. (laughs) It'll it'll be be like
1: my, it'll be the, we'll be yelling at each other just because we agree with each other so much.
0: Yeah. We're going to be like passionately like agreeing. Yeah. Encouraging each other to like fight. (laughs) Maybe that's it. Uh, the topic for today's podcast is grooming for marriage. And I know that kind of sounds unusual that we would talk about that with teens, but there is a reason for that. Uh, but I would like to begin. I've been nominated. I've been voluntold to, to initiate the prayer. So, uh, let's do that right now in the name of the father, son, Holy spirit. Amen. Heavenly father, we thank you for the gift of families for the gift of marriage. Uh, we thank you for the ways that you uh, believe in us as, as parents, that we can uh, raise our children with all the values that are necessary. Um, to reveal to them your love through us and how we interact with our children. And so we ask for your presence during this conversation today as we know that this topic can create quite a controversy, I think, amongst uh, people in the church. So we ask for your presence. Uh, We ask uh, just for the intercessions of the Holy Spirit uh, to enter our hearts and to help form us. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay, so uh, the reason why uh, we were John and I have been kind of talking about uh, e- as we see our children uh, date.
1: Joe Joe says she wanted an arranged marriages. She she really <laughs> believes going back to <laughs>
0: there the have been plenty ages. of times I've thought that that is a phenomenal idea. <laughs> but you know, if if they're not choosing, you know, then I, I think that there's no uh, there's nothing in it for them. I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But like if I were to arrange marriages for every single one of my children and they had no say in anything and culturally someone can argue with me, but I, I feel like they have to have, it has to be their fiat, you know, like it, they have to say, you know, yes to something or, or desire it. Otherwise it's forced upon them and it's not their own will. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay.
1: Because if it's not their own will, then it's grounds for an annulment.
0: Well, that's true too. Okay. So if we really want to talk about the language of the church. All right. Uh, No, but I think, you know, both of us have had, uh, we've seen our children date suitors um, that we feel are ideal, like ideal matches for our children. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like my daughter is, is dating someone right now and uh, he is, he's amazing. Uh, I think he's like the perfect ideal match, you know, for her, um, and, um, and my son has been dating someone for a long period of time and they are close to graduating college. Um, so they're going on four years of dating. And so this topic has come up quite a bit in conversation. Uh, definitely my home because I, you know, have worked in the ministry field of marriage and family life for the church for a number of years. Um, and John, I'm sure as you know, a, I've
1: been married. I, <laughs> For 18 years to the same beautiful charming lovely woman she
0: is she very much is so um i i think you know it's easy for us and our mindset uh to correct me if i'm wrong um to 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 think about this to think about god's plan to understand what is included in the elements of marriage and why we should encourage our kids to embrace that
1: when they're 16 when and then that way they can get married and everything's <laughs> taken care of, right? Is that what, no, what, we're not saying what, what
0: I'm saying is, is there is a culture out there that believes and wants to tell everyone that you need to be successful first. You need to make something of yourself first before you get married.
1: Yeah. You need to
0: be financially secure before you get married. That's the biggest You lie. need to mature your mind uh, before, you know, jo you, can see you her, get,
1: get married. Jo me rolling her eyes at her. <laughs> totally rolling my eyes. And, but, and no, I'm, but actually, to be honest, I kind of bought into that. So I'm one of those people, to be honest.
0: You, okay, so wait, are we going to be debating in this? No, in we're this, not. So you used to have that, and I now you I used to don't. have,
1: and then I okay. met this amazing woman, and I didn't care anymore because I was in love with her. And I didn't care about any of that stuff because I was so in love with her and I didn't want her to slip through my fingers or let her go that I overcame any fears I've had over time, and I married her, and it was the best decision I ever made.
0: Okay, when you, when you got married mm-hmm. um, or the time that you got married, right. did you realize that marriage was sacrificial love?
1: <laughs> did you know before? Oh, okay. We all, we both know the answer to that question. We know no. that in principle, maybe in principle, but not in reality. You don't know it until you actually do it. Yes. And this is, yeah.
0: But do you think if, do you think if someone told you that, that you would have listened and believed that no
1: because i'm in love Love. this is one of the things that really resonated with me um i was hearing this at a homily i I was actually at a funeral and um it was john's first letter and it says uh, love casts out fear love casts out fear and i realized how most of my life most of the decisions i made i made out of fear and that's why i was so unhappy Mm. as i was discerning my vocation um, because it was out of fear, not out of love. And, um, with Amanda and pursuing her and marrying her, even though my life was a mess and I was a mess, I made that decision out of love. And that's why I found so much happiness because I was free. See, when we make decisions out of fear, we feel bound and we feel, I guess the, I don't want to say depressed. Maybe I mean, that's not the right word, but we feel bound, mm-hmm. constricted, so to speak. When we make something out of love, and genuine love, um, we find that freedom. And in terms of my adulthood life, that was the first major decision. Marrying her was the first major decision I made out of just love. I was attracted to something, her. And yeah, my life was a mess. I mean, my, growing up, I was told I have to have a career. I have to have my ducks in a row. I have to know what I'm doing with my life because I got to provide for a family, which is true. I got to be responsible. And that's kind of what drilled into me. So I was terrified of getting married because i'm like what am i going to do with my life how am i going to support a family so priesthood looked pretty good then you know (laughs) because i'm like i'm single i have job security and i'm single
0: you know i think you just obviously
1: obviously the wrong reasons to become a priest you just
0: said something that is i I think uh very helpful in our argument right you know about oh now we're arguing no 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 our argument to the (laughs) culture
1: (laughs) (laughs) um
0: like i think we're both of the mindset that it's okay to get married young and honestly, yeah. I think it's a great idea to get married young. I think so too. Um, and I think something that you just said, I just, I think helps to affirm that idea. Right. And that idea that, you know, when well, no, it's your the marriage. It's the
1: idea of that we're not in control of our marriage. And when I say that, I'm not, we have to be responsible, but not in control. God's in control. Right. I mean, my wife and I, we didn't know what the heck we were doing. I was 26 with a philosophy degree living in my parents' basement. You know, from the world's culture, from the world standard, I wasn't high. You know, I didn't. I wasn't exactly um, uh, well, marrying and, material at the time. And, and
0: you were even older than I was. I mean, I was twenty-three. Right. When I got married, uh, Marty is two years older, so he was twenty-five. Mm-hmm. So twenty-three and twenty-five. Uh, he wanted to actually wait even longer. And I was one that's like crushing, like what, we've been already together four and a half years. Like yeah. what, what are we waiting for? Do we believe this is true that we, yeah. we love each other and we're going to help each other? Yeah. Why aren't we getting married? It allows us to live together, allows us to to have intimacy, to mm-hmm. you know, do all these things, um, to share this with each other. Why push that off? But I think what you said that helps to affirm that position is all the things that you learn. You know, and you you have to grow up through yeah. marriage, right?
1: Marriage teaches you to grow up, so yes. this is what's so funny. Yes, and having funny. kids teaches yeah.
0: you to grow up. Um, and so, like, you know, to embrace that at a young age, I feel that that just, that helps the maturity. Well, that's the, It helps the growing up. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's the whole point. You never, I mean, no one's ever going to be fully grown, grown up. No. I mean, even when, when we're in our older years, Retirement years, they're still growing up to do and maturing to do. Right,
0: um, and I'm not saying people need to. We need to ask our kids to start to find the person they're marrying at like 15, and that you have to get married at 18 and 20 and just marry the one well, body that's there. No, I'm, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I'm not saying that, no, and I'm not no, promoting that.
1: No, but but it is. It's, it and this is what well, if you want to do marriage prep. This is what we need to do in marriage prep. But we're going to do it in the church. You do it in kindergarten in first grade, like we're doing theology, of the body for faith and family here at the parish. Um, and we're actually using Monica Ashour's curriculum. And it's, it's been great because they need to think in terms of marriage, just like, I mean, from the very beginning. And this is the problem is that we don't talk about marriage prep until they're quote unquote in love with someone. Then they have six months of marriage prep and somehow like a retreat's going to fix everything and they're going to, and that's going to be, yeah, and that's going to be enough to get their marriage through. Now it starts with growing and maturity of understanding marriage at kindergarten, first grade, second grade, human sexuality, all of those things. What it means to be fully human and growing in up and maturing in humanity. So when the time does come and that special person does come that you want to marry, you're ready for it. And the irony is even that no one's ready for it because once you get married, it's a whole different ball of wax at that point.
0: I think you're onto something because you know, if we understand the sacrament of marriage, then we understand the relationship of God to His bride, the Church. Right. You know, and so I think that's like foundational. Yeah. That that should be foundational before uh, First Eucharist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The empty Honestly, of one yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I feel like that should be number one. Is we're going to teach the sacrament of marriage. You know, at. First grade, <laughs> first grade, going into second grade. And after that, then that's when you work on, you know, restored order and confirmation yeah. and, and Eucharist and reconciliation. But if if kids understood that at that age, one, they understand what their relationship is to God. And
1: I've grown up with it. I mean, I say say first grade. I mean, it's an ongoing process. Sure. Yeah. It
0: begins, though. Yeah. It begins at that time period. I agree with you 100%. That would be great. If we could change the world, John, that's what we would do. We would would add that story. I can't even even
1: change myself.
0: Can you imagine? You know what? I was watching Wonder Woman 1984 last night with Marty. This is a sidebar. Sorry. But um, in in the movie, there's like this uh, thing that has been carried throughout culture that if you touch it um, and you make a wish, the wish comes true. And so I guess when you said, when we were just saying that, I was just thinking about if I could hold this rock and I said that and I asked for a wish, uh, you know, that's something you could wish for. But you know, it's not, doesn't work in that movie is that whenever you wish for something and and you receive it, you have to sacrifice something else. Something else is taken from you. And oh, John's like, like,
1: like marriage. <laughs> Honestly? It's yes. Kind of how marriage works.
0: <laughs> Honestly, it is. Well, you know, uh, so last Christmas, uh, when my son and his girlfriend came back home for the holidays, we had a very in-depth conversation for, for a while. I sat them both at the counter and we were talking about it because they had been openly communicating with both families, um, that they, they plan to get married. Like yeah. they feel that this is their, their, um, the person that God has designed for them has picked out for them. Um, they already believe in sacrificial love. They're willing to sacrifice anything they have and do for each other.
1: At least, yeah. And that's that. And honestly, in principle, if you believe in that, in principle, that's the, get married. Exactly. Because, because the reality is, after you get married, then that's going to be tested, and you're going to have those questions, and it's going to be a struggle, which is okay. And then at that point, you look at each other and say, "Well, I know you want to leave this house, but you can't. I know I want to leave, I can't." We got to make it work.
0: Well, and, in their mindset, you know, they've got the culture that's pressing on them and the culture is saying, no, um, you need to wait because after you graduate, you both need to have your own jobs and she needs to go to medical school <laughs> you know, this and is, after medical school, then she has residency. Right. And then after she has residency, she might need to, you know, you like,
1: build up a career.
0: Yeah. And so then, You're then, never done. then she can, well, it's like, See, this, this, that's this. so self-driven. I just, I'm concerned because that just sounds so self-driven. I need to accomplish all these things for myself before I can sacrifice myself to somebody else. This
1: is what's so funny. We live in a culture that says instant gratification, instant gratification. If you want it, go get it. You want it, go get it. Want it, go get it. Except for marriage, no marriage. We gotta stay and discern and take our time and wait for five thousand six hundred forty-eight years. Well, even in because I don't want to jump into that. That's just too. That's just too much. Well, even in marriage, though,
0: I mean, people. The reason why marriage doesn't work in many situations is because it's self-driven.
1: Oh, it's what true. What can I get
0: out of this? It's yeah, because utilitarianism like
1: utilitarianism all over again.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, but we had this conversation, and 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 they were telling me, well, no. Um, you know, because then she's got this and then she's got that. And, and he's like, and I've got to build up my music career and, you know, all this other stuff. And I said, well, but don't you guys want to be with each other? Don't you want to live with each other? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, you're not living together until you're married. You know, why would you start to take advantage or utilize these things that are meant for marriage to be able to handle them because in the context of marriage? Because we don't trust
1: God. We trust in the fact that if we have a career, when we have, I, this is what I struggle with. Actually, this is what and this is not the right reason to discern priesthood. So I'm not saying this is okay. But why? I was afraid of getting married because I can't take care of our family. Then I was like, I'm never gonna get married because I'm very fervent in my faith too. So no one's gonna want to marry me. I couldn't find any Catholic girls who were on the same page as I was. So I'm like, well, let me try the priesthood and discern that. So I make connections. I go to Franciscan. I'm discerning the priesthood. Of course, then there's like three amazing Catholic girls for every one guy. I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> but I made a I made a promise to guys. So I'm gonna follow through. And that was that was kind of what was driving me. I want. I did have good intentions. I did want to become a priest. I did think about. But when I discerned out and I left, it was really coming down to the question of I don't want to do the sacraments. Like if I'm not drawn to do the sacraments, then I'm probably not called to the priesthood. But I'm like, man, it'd be nice to have that security of not having to look for a job because my dad lost his job during my junior high. He never had a good job ever since. So that's always been an insecurity of mine is is job security and having a house and food and stuff like that so that's something i'm very insecure about um and so i was f- afraid so the, obviously i just turned out it was, it was which was the right thing to do and then i got married and i was terrified it was the scariest thing on earth because i'm working a job getting paid less than she was and she was a youth minister so take the salary for youth minister <laughs> and make it mine smaller <laughs> and within the first money. in the first month we're pregnant Okay. And then she took another job teaching and the school closed halfway through the year. So she's eight months pregnant. They weren't paying her insurance at all. And we're pregnant with our first born. And I'm at a school. I have no, I have a degree in philosophy. I'm teaching at a small school making nothing. So what'd you do? Nothing. <laughs> cried. <laughs> we <laughs> cried. <laughs> Uh, we cried a little I'm bit. I'm hoping felt, that the sorry, moral sorry. of this
0: story the point is, is that.
1: The point is we both worked <laughs> hard. We prayed. God, you know, we w- things worked out. We went on. was it Medi- I would never get Medicaid and Medi- Medicare, Medicaid. Anyways, I think it was Medicaid. I think that's where we, you know, she was able to have the children, our children through Medicaid. Um, and so those that was all paid for, thankfully, because we were so broke beyond belief. Yeah. But we were open to life. Cause that's, you know, we didn't contracept we're open to life. We had our first four children, the first four years of our marriage. Again, I, what am I going to do with the philosophy degree? And what kind of career am I going to have and provide for this family? She was a youth minister. What kind of career is she going to have? And she taught natural family planning (laughs) on the side, sort of, you know? Yeah. And, and, but my point is we didn't have our careers, but things worked out. Yeah. And I yeah,
0: and, and I think it's going through uh, very big challenges and obstacles like that that help to forge a marriage, help to make you stronger as a couple because or, you got through it together. Well,
1: what got us through it together was the fact of like divorce was not an option because there were times she walked around to the house yeah,
0: and,
1: t- <laughs> and the times I just went back to bed and put the covers over my head and said, leave me alone. You
0: are not painting a good picture. I'd yeah. stop right now yeah. <laughs> while you're ahead.
1: But but this point is that we looked at each other and this is what the sacrament comes in and marriage comes in right. is the fact of like, we made a vow before God, we got to make this work.
0: Well, and that you invited God into your relationship, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, you know, so, you know, I even think about my, my middle child who's, you know, been dating this very nice boy and they've been dating for just over a year mm-hmm. now. Um, and he is... I love his family. Um, I, I love him, honestly. I look at him like a son. I, I think that they're such a great pair. But even in the course of this one year, they've both been through a lot of different things, like personally, that they were able to lean on the other person for. Exactly. And it's it's that um, dependency um, and in a healthy way um, of them working through it that I think has made them even stronger as a couple. Well,
1: that's the whole point. And, and, and,
0: and if you're strong as a couple, I, I just kind of feel like, why why are we telling you that um, there's a standard that you have got to date for such and such amount of time or you have to wait till such age uh, before you can go ahead and enter into this?
1: My, and this goes back to the point I was saying with the story I just gave you earlier. There's never a time when things are going to be right for us to get married. Never. The, the moon and stars are never going to align.
0: Never. It's
1: an act of faith.
0: Truly. It's no different than with kids, right? Yeah. Because people will say, you can't have kids. You know, you need to wait till you're older to have kids. You have a stable life for kids. You have financial, all this taking care of it. There's never been a time in our life.
1: <laughs> That's stable. <laughs>
0: Except when I've been infertile. <laughs> yeah. When we possibly have had that. You know, so thankfully we didn't wait because, you, yeah. know, um, you know, I... Uh, Medically, I mean, I had to have a hysterectomy uh, at a very early age. Mm -hmm. If I had waited about kids, I wouldn't. We wouldn't have had kids, right? You know. Uh, So, I mean, I'm thankful that we didn't lean on that. We didn't listen to that guidance. Instead, we listened to God, right? And we listened to God and how He was going to guide us. And I feel like. Our kids need to spend. Our teenagers need to spend more time listening to God um, and and how He is helping them to discern this right. relationship. Right, that but I guess
1: it goes back to my point. My, my insecurity was jobs. So for me, I'm the typical person who wants to put their career first before their family. I still struggle with that. Manny was like, even last week, she was telling me like, you still like when things are going crazy at home, you're fine, but when something happens at work, you lose your mind. I'm like, I know, it's terrible. I shouldn't be that way. I really want to change.
0: Why is that?
1: Because part of it, that's how I grew up. Like like security, security, security. When I need uh, to put my security in Jesus.
0: Well, that's why family of origin, honestly. Well, I
1: agree with that part. It's
0: really, really important. So, you know, off the air, John and I, we were talking about... Um, And this is hard for me to admit these things just because of my involvement with marriage and family life around the country. Um, But like, I really feel that the church needs to evaluate their marriage preparation process. Um, I I understand that they want to help couples, but I think we do make it way too difficult for people to discern and to get married. I, I think that we feel that we're helping them, but I feel like we're creating barriers and so like, if I had to adjust <laughs> the marriage process, I still think natural family planning is important. In fact, our teenagers should be learning it.
1: Yeah. And actually, uh, Mandy would teach you to teenagers. Now they would not be, they were not sexually active, but just to get to know their own bodies.
0: Yeah. I mean, my girls are, have been charting themselves ever since their first cycle. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: Because like, I, I think it's helpful for them to understand their body and how their body works and how their, their body could be an indication of something else that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Also, in addition to that too, it helps them to prepare (laughs) to know when their friend is coming and, and and to know how to adjust things like that. (laughs) That's what we called it. Do we still call it that way? Our friend. No,
1: No. I'm thinking of a story. We're at, we're at dinner and our, our second oldest daughter who is 14 Tells our 10 year old, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but she said, she goes something, 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 your period. And now she did not mean what we're talking about. Yeah, she meant the, the something. Cycle. She just, meant just a period or something. Okay. And so, but I thought as you were talking on a cycle and I'm just sitting there, of course, I'm with four girls now and I'm just. Try not to lose it at this point <laughs> 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 totally misunderstood what was being said. <laughs> assumed, assumed the uh, worst.
0: exactly, so. So it's been very helpful for, for my girls to do that. And they take out a little app on their phone and they're charting and it's honestly helpful. We get to the doctor's appointment, you know, their annual physical and, and he says, so tell me the first day of your last, whatever. She's like, hold on, let me pull up my phone. I could tell you everything that it is. So Mm -hmm. it's been helpful for us, but I think that's important. I think the other thing that is a critical element is a life skills assessment. Um, and, and the life skills assessment is important because it allows you to look back at your family of origin and how you were raised in your family of origin is going to match up with this other person
1: that they're both hot mess.
0: Yeah. Well, that's when we figured out. I was a hot mess and Marty was not a hot mess. So, uh, but I think those are really important, and um, and I think that kids today, when they think of marriage and how the church is framing marriage, um, you know, they're thinking of obstacles and work and, and, and so many, like, checklist items that need to be done, and they're like, I, I just want the easy way. I, I just don't want to do all that.
1: I just... Well, I, actually, the, here's the good news. If you can't get through marriage prep, how are you going to get through marriage itself?
0: It's <laughs> true. Because
1: if, if you, and I, I don't blame people, people at times feel like they might be jumping through hoops for the marriage prep stuff. But guess what? Being married for so many years, you're going to feel like you're jumping through hoops a lot of times during your marriage as well. And if you can learn to handle it in a very mature adult fashion, even though you may agree or disagree with it and grow up and make those sacrifices before marriage then hopefully that will fall into your marriage. But no, for us, like we actually, for us, it was good. We did engaged encounter. Mm. Right. Um, we always have this story. So my wife, her parents always did engaged encounter very involved. It was one of the most, she was more excited about engaged encounter than our wedding. I think going on, engaged encounter, I know they I kind of had that disposition. of like, look, Ha, ha, ha I know theology of the body I know what the church teaches I know what we're supposed to do I don't want to go an engaged encounter <laughs> I don't and then so we went because we had to and the first talk was feelings and I'm like <laughs> what, <a> fe- <laughs> what does feelings have to do with marriage oh <laughs> nice so I had this kind of attitude uh-huh. so engaged encounter like marriage encounter you do some writing then you talk about what you write so the question is Tell me how you feel about coming on this weekend retreat. So I'm like, fine. So I get my journal. I don't want to be here. <laughs> Mandy, on the other hand, wrote right. a novel.
0: I'm so, I'm so excited to yeah. be here. This is so beautiful. Yeah. And I get so to do we exchanged folders. Butterflies and roses. Oh gosh,
1: that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> so we exchanged folders and she looks at mine and she's.
0: She probably felt pissed. No,
1: she gave me the ring back. <gasps> yeah.
0: She gave you the ring
1: back. Yeah or she was trying to, at least like, I don't this think this
0: is not important to you. Yeah. So that's kind of was the interpretation. Then you don't want this.
1: Yeah. And I was, and but my attitude was I'm going to test it. If we're going to get married, I'm going to be a jerk now and see how it goes.
0: I don't think that that's <laughs> no, that at was, all. No, <laughs> that was,
1: no, I'm just kidding.
0: But it was in a sense.
1: No, but to be honest, I was because it's like, fine, you want to tell me how I feel and we need to be honest in this marriage. I better start now yeah. because I'd rather find out now and yeah. call this off than get married in like two months from now or a year from now, things go south and so the good news obviously we talked through it you know i was because she's she's mad at me so i'm like look they asked me how i felt i wrote how i felt you're gonna fault me for that because her ad he was like that's the wrong answer i'm like it's it's an honest answer but the point is okay so we learned some stuff and the reality is we learned to work through it and like okay we can we can do this so but that's only because honestly i was we're both being honest. Absolutely. And that's, that's the key. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. And I, um, you know, I I just feel like there's incredible value for us as parents to be taking the time um, throughout their lives, but definitely when they're teenagers, um, hopefully even before um, they even have their cycle, right. Um, That we are talking about the sacrament of marriage um, that they begin to think in that framework, because that also helps them to think in the mindset of like, who they would even date, Mm -hmm. you know, like what is the purpose even for dating? Well, that's right. Or like, um, you know, be a little bit more selective, you know, on, on who they're spending their time with or who they will allow themselves to kiss or to do any of that stuff with. Um, you know, you, you need to think in that framework because you're leading to something, right? Like this whole dating leads to something. It's not just mindless.
1: I I have to tell adults in RCIA that same thing because they may be doing something they should not be doing and they're adults and that's what this culture and society has told them. And I have to ask them the question, is this going to lead to marriage or why are you just living with this person? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it doesn't change. And that's, yeah, I agree. I mean... If it's not going to lead to marriage, then why, why date the person?
0: Right. So if they're understanding the sacrament of marriage and, and, and they believe in that that's what dating is leading themselves to, that just helps them to build that, that foundation and framework.
1: Right. But that's why I only dated Manny for like a month. Dated. Now we knew each other for four years. We were good friends for four years in college. So we knew each other for a long time, but technically we only dated for maybe one or two months and it was like, why, why wait? So, yeah,
0: but I I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that either. Yeah, you know where did the mindset come that that we have to date for so many years before we know it's right? You know how you know what's right? You spend time praying. You spend some time praying about it. You know, and and you discern with the knowledge that you have that the church has taught you. Right. Um. And you also, I mean, we we do have a tendency to kind of go off of our history and our backgrounds, but um. You know, we know, I was trying to look for the passage in Ephesians. Okay, so let me
1: ask you this question, since you're looking for Ephesians. <laughs> and just do you believe like there's that one person you're called to marry? Or do you believe like it could be a numerous different people and you find that one, you find one of those numerous people and you just make that marriage work? Or do you think like, God has specially planned for you that one person that you're called to marry? And I don't you want don't, to answer this question. If you don't marry that one person, <laughs> the other person you married or whatever happened is going to be a hot mess or I, not God's will I, or whatever. I,
0: I've honestly never thought of that at all. Um, do I feel in the context of marriage, as long as both parties are willing to work at it and to be sacrificial and to embrace and invite God into it, that they can make it work? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, um, I have always thought that. So it goes, Marty, the
1: one person God planned from the beginning of time and space for you to marry.
0: <laughs> I believe that God had me, um, had, had, you know, brought Marty and I intentionally together. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do believe that. But do I feel if I really truly understand the sacrament of marriage and Marty, I had not met Marty. Um, could I just randomly pick someone on the street? Not, no, no, no. yeah, go I, ahead. I mean, just for sake of argument. I okay. mean, this is this is very like not even, yeah. <laughs> realistic <Poor Marty. laughs> not even realistic yeah. I, but what what i'm trying to say is if if two random people like i watch this this show married at first sight you know it's yeah. a reality show i find it very fascinating because i like to study marriage and the effects of marriage on couples and so when i'm watching this series and i see how they're treating each other i'm like okay the ones who come into it with an understanding of god and their faith and christianity at the center of it they're the ones who are lasting the other ones who don't, they're not. They don't even understand what marriage is. So they can't make it work. They mm-hmm. divorce. It's its not going to work out. But there's two strangers that are put together that didn't know each other before the, they stood up at the altar and they got married. Mm. So they were selected by experts. They were just married together. And, um, and like I said, I mean, like if you really want to make a marriage work, you have to invite God in. You have to understand the framework of the sacrament of marriage, what your role is as a spouse right. within that marriage. Um, and fulfill that.
1: I, I agree with all that.
0: Yeah. If you can't, then no, it's not going to work. But
1: it wasn't like God's plan from the very beginning when he created you and created Marty, like, like it's going to be destiny. God.
0: I know some people want to believe that sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean,
1: I know. And yeah. I don't know either. I mean, that's, that's kind of one of the things, but I think that's how our culture sets it up. Like you, you'd see that this person or no one. And you know, I, I look at Mandy and it's like, absolutely. For her, like i mean i I have absolutely no doubt that how do I want to say this? God planned it for us to be together, and I'd be bold to say that, and the reason why I say that is because both in our hearts wanted to get married, when we were very young, yeah, we both prayed for our spouses, mm-hmm. um and the irony is like the way God led us in our lives. Like it, it was divine providence because neither of us have gone the normal route of looking for a spouse. I mean, I look for me, I did everything wrong. I didn't go to college. I didn't do this. Like usually that's what happens. You go to college, you find your spouse, you get married. I mean, I did go to college and find her, I guess that's true, but I waited a couple years. So if I didn't wait a couple years, we probably would never have crossed paths. Um, even when we dated afterwards, I mean, God literally kind of through miracles, with a small M kind of made everything come together. So I, I look back, I'm like, I'm just thankful for that. Um,
0: I think it's interesting you even asked that question. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you ask that? Why? Are you thinking like for like our kids?
1: Um, I don't, and that's the hard part. Like, is yeah. there that one person out there? I mean, is Mandy the one person? From a providential point of view, I would have to say yes, when God intervened in our relationship so many times to get us together. I, think, I mean, even though I kept yeah. screwing everything up, and going in different directions, God somehow brought us together.
0: I think God introduces a lot of people into our lives um, for a variety of purposes and reasons. Mm-hmm. I can think of key individuals in my life and what purpose that they served yeah, and how they really helped me to grow or forge my relationship with with God. But I think, um, you know, I was looking for the passage, uh, you know, in Ephesians because, um, you know, this, this passage tends to be very controversial because— some people don't understand what it's really saying.
1: Yeah. Hold on. I got to finish my one point. So I do, I do believe God brought us together. I do believe that. However, we both of us had the ability to say no, like we had free will to say no. Correct. So that was just the point I was going to make.
0: Okay. So now I'll go back to, (laughs) (laughs) I'll go back to Ephesians.
1: I mean, I'm glad we said yes.
0: Yes, of course. Okay. So, um, for those who, who don't know or, or don't usually read Scripture that much, Ephesians 5, um, in the NAB, the New American Bible, it would be verse 21 all the way through the end of the chapter, which would be 33. Um, but I would really encourage you to look at that passage. It, the The title's Wives and Husbands, and it talks about the role of a husband and wife in the context of marriage. Some people, and whenever I've given marriage retreats, um, and I always bring up this passage because a lot of people will interpret it as a wife is always being subordinate to her husband. And
1: there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, John. No, let me explain. No, let me explain. John. Do you want, do you want the theologian scholar <laughs> to explain or do you want ah. Joe Holt?
0: No, no, go, go ahead.
1: Okay. Go ahead. So this is one of the hard parts. When you hear the word order, disorder, we always think like someone's, I don't know, you think in terms of psychology like i have a disorder like oh that's horrible we're all made to get to heaven that's the purpose and meaning of our existence to get to heaven so that's what we're ordered to we move towards heaven so right now because of original sin you and i are disordered let me give you an example if i use or language, for example, language is ordered towards praising God, speaking truth. But if I start cursing and swearing and using the Lord's name in vain, then my language is disordered because it's not doing what its purpose is. you and I are called to get to heaven. That's our, what we're ordered to, moving to the word sub means under. So if I'm ordered to get, if I'm ordered to get to heaven, my spouse my wife amanda is under that order too to get to heaven as well and she's called to get me to heaven i similarly in order to get her to heaven so we hear the word subordinate it doesn't mean inferiority it means she's under the same order i am which is to get to heaven because that's what we're both made for it's not an offensive or even the word submission some places you see the word submission women, be submissive to your husbands. Same thing. Sub means under mission. What's the mission? To get your spouse to heaven. She's under the mission to get our family to heaven, to get our kids to heaven. We're under the same mission. So it's not, it it is, it's because of the modern language. People see it as, well, it's inequality or whatever. No, it's basically, she shares, she's sharing in the same mission I have.
0: Yes, that's very important. And um, it's helpful to understand the root meaning of those words. Uh, wh- where I was just going to go with it is, you know, in that passage, we can focus just on that one verse, that one verse that talks about the submission or the subordinates of women. But you have to read the entire passage right? because a whole passage talks about how both spouses are subordinate.
1: No, actually to- men, 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 women just have to be subordinate. Men have to die to themselves as you were <laughs> going to say, weren't you? <laughs>
0: To their bride, just as Christ to the church. Yes, which is the following phrase. So, you know, it's to they're both serving one another. Right. That's what the whole passage is about. But, you know, I think it's a great opportunity, you know, to take something like this, give your children a voice, give your teenagers a voice. Maybe print out this passage and just look at line by line. You know, maybe each day or each week you're going to look at a line. You're going to have a conversation about it. Uh, Or maybe you just want them to read it and them to come back to you to tell you what it's all about. I think it is a great passage just to have your sacrament of marriage instruction, like as a family. and, And what you want your kids to know about that and how you and your spouse are modeling that. Or if you are divorced, how you didn't. Share how you didn't. How you didn't follow that. And how, you know, you wish that you had or what you would have done differently. All those things are great things for our kids to know. But we have to talk about that to our teens if we really want them to be thinking about that framework and properly discerning that as they grow out of their right. teens.
1: Going back to, again, my story. <laughs> we're asking you the question because <laughs> we keep getting <laughs> sidetracked. The reason why I asked that question, you know, do you believe... Um, I don't know the answer. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to the question. Okay. So I'm not saying I'm right about this or anything. Was it God's plan for me and 89 to come together? I say yes. But the only reason why I say yes to this, because we were both much before we were married praying to find our spouse. Um, even though I was discerning priesthood, because I was trying to figure out what God wanted to do in my heart, I knew I was called to marriage. And that goes back to the point of asking the question, when's a good time? To talk about marriage is again, start young, discern about it, have them pray for their spouse. So that when their spouse does come along one, hopefully they're living in a state of grace and they haven't lost their minds because, and then two, you can recognize that this is God's will. Um, you know, because they're, like I said, I gave, she gave the ring back to me. I mean, right then and there, it should have been, it could have been over right then and there.
0: Right then, you're realizing you were in big trouble, buddy.
1: Well, right then, I'm realizing, like, (laughs) I gotta know. I need to know if this is God's plan. Yeah. So. Of course, I bought the ring from her cousin, so I don't know how to return okay, that. Okay, thing. So.
0: <laughs> no, no, we're not going to go there.
1: He's a jeweler, okay? Oh, it was, well, there you go. It was a nice ring.
0: Oh, okay. I thought maybe his, your no, cousin no, you know, it was, was going to use it, decided no. not to use it. I'm like, this is not even right. No,
1: I, her cousin was a jeweler. and I bought the ring from him. So she even knew I was going to propose to her at some point. Yeah. Do you know how I propose to her? How? It's very romantic. I, how'd you do that? Oh gosh, it was—it was the worst. It was the worst <laughs> proposal ever. What would you do? So we were doing like we had to. I had to propose to her on a certain time. So if we proposed, we would go to the first meeting for marriage prep, and which means we can get married in spring break. So she had it all planned out. Okay. So it was this specific weekend. So it was a a specific weekend in the beginning of September, which would have planned everything out to be March, which is amazing because usually when married couples get married, they don't know what they're doing. And then you go to the church and like, what am I supposed to do? And it's a hot mess at times. Uh They're so confused, these poor people. Anyways, but she had it planned out because she worked at the church. She knew what the rules were. So, uh, her parents had to leave the house. I was at her parents' house with her and they had to go run an errand. And they got the ring. They were down at the cousin's house and they got the ring for me. So the, I didn't even see the ring. They gave it to me when she was in the other room. And um, basically we're in the living room. Her parents are gone, living living room, watching The Wedding Singer.
0: <laughs>
1: and that's when I proposed to her.
0: It's during The Wedding Singer? During
1: to the, beginning, uh, the song at the beginning. Eh. You turn me right around.
0: Oh yeah? <laughs> oh, are you serious? You didn't wait till the end?
1: No. Oh I couldn't wait. Yeah,
0: you should have waited till the end when he like you know no. comes back there with the guitar and he sings. No, singing I can't sing. So okay. that that was
1: yeah Billy definitely definitely not the most glamorous <laughs> proposal ever. But we did get into the time frame. There you but, go. And so and we just want to get married. Yeah. So definitely not the romantic, most romantic, but um yeah, I didn't even see the ring until I gave it to her.
0: I, I think, I think, <laughs> I, I know it's easy for people to focus on the whole romanticizing of the engagement and the proposal. And some people go like really big, just like baby reveal parties and oh, all this other heavens. stuff. Um, I, I think what matters is like how special it was to the two. You know, I'm sure that it was still very special. So her family was there and- you No know,
1: one was there. It was just her, her and I.
0: Her mom and dad, I thought you they, said were there. They went out. Oh, they left.
1: They had to leave. And um,
0: well, we should ask her what she thought of that proposal.
1: She loves the wedding singer. Okay,
0: <laughs> it's her favorite movie. <laughs> I
1: mean, who doesn't like Adam Sandler, right?
0: Oh, oh! But I really loved your idea of praying for your spouse, and I think that is important because, um, you know, it, again, it keeps them focused and it, it and it reminds them of the critical element of of God being involved in that. And that's not something just for them; it's something that should always be discerned. Mm-hmm. And and we should do that with love for Christ and who he has designed for us to be with. So I think that's a great idea. That's it? That's it. That's
1: it. That's it. All right. I think we're over time anyway, so <laughs> see y'all.
0: Uh, thank you all so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. We have a lot more exciting topics planned ahead. So hit that subscribe button and you will be notified as they become available. And while you're at it, Give us a rating with stars and comments so others can find us more easily. If you want to follow our journey, check us out on Instagram at stuckinthecryroom.